The following is a hoop ball presentation. Yo, 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 welcome to another edition of Round Ball Ramble. I am your host, Corbin Ford. You can find me. Find me, oh Lord. Find me, oh Lord. You can find me on Twitter, at CorbinNBA. I think I'm going to keep that. That was the presence of mind I was in at the moment. So, yeah, we just did that. You can check out HoopBall on Twitter, at HoopBallTweets, online, HoopBall.com. A lot of great content there. Literally, the season is over, but as we can see, all seasons in full swing. The season's going to be coming right back around. We have everything you need from a fantasy fantasy perspective in regards to the draft that just recently happened. Literally, what three days ago? Being sarcastic, but still, in regards to all the free agent signings and where they may find uh, their role on the team and how that team may look. Looking at you, my Lakers. Uh, all that team specific podcast. Uh, Hoopball Hawks has been doing great work. Hoopball Grizzlies has been grinding it out. No hyperbole there uh just been a whole lot of great shows and content going on so definitely make sure to do them a favor and do yourself a favor and check that out all right so i may be a little punch drunk because we're on day what four six three of nba free agency it has been just a rush of signings and moves and deal trackers have to be constantly updated and my own that i started I had very high hopes uh instantly becoming outdated and hopelessly lost and here i am trying to make sense of all of it but we have news Uh, We're going to start with the Knicks, because when I last left y'all, we were talking about the Bulls restructuring, the Lakers finally filling out a roster, and the Knicks thinking that they could bring the whole gang back together and, you know, settle in strongly for that 60 by, you know, retaining pretty much everyone that they had, uh, namely Derrick Rose, Nerlens Noel, excuse me, uh, as as well as Alec Burks. They re-signed all three of those. In case you weren't uh, aware or familiar with those contracts, Derrick Rose was Three years, forty-three million. Alec Burks was three years, thirty million, and then you had a three years, forty-two million for Nerlens Noel. So definitely had some big money thrown around there. Now news did come out afterwards that all of those contracts are basically two years with a team option for that third year, which makes it look better in retrospect. Obviously, the Knicks get some more team control, uh, which would be great for I think Derek Rose uh, contract specifically. By that point, it'll be 34 going on 35, and he has, although performed admirably over the last couple of years, battled some injury concerns, so that's something. Uh, but Alec Burks, I mean, he should age well, and now he's only 30. He'll be going to 33 when they have that team control on him that can be exercised, and he's been a decent shooter, so that might continue. And New Orleans Noel, same thing. He's in a, has, he is in his, excuse me, he is in his athletic prime right now. This will take him from ages 27 to 30, but honestly, with that team option, takes him from 27 to 29. I think that's going to be good for New York to reevaluate, see if he's having too strong a season, see if you know he can be uh, due for more money in the open market when that happens, uh, see if maybe injuries kind of injure him, knock on all the wood in the world that that doesn't happen, and that, you know, by some chance he is uh, curtailed or not the performer the Knicks expected. So, just brief looking at that, really good on them for being able to negotiate those options, gives them some flexibility, also gives the guys their money, kind of a win-win either way. Speaking of win-win, the Knicks made another move. Don't know the whole particulars yet, but the Knicks do have now a starting point guard. You thought Derrick Rose was fine. How do you like yourself some Kemba Walker? Kemba Walker 
is in the midst currently of finalizing a buy with the OKC Thunder, and then he plans to sign with the Knicks. Uh, he had seventy-four million left on his deal, and the Knicks had somewhere between eight and twelve million left with their space. So you can imagine that he's making somewhere between eight and twelve million, right? <laughs> now there is some issues there. You know, Walker's knee has been really bad over the last couple of years. Boston did not do well for him, and that was a concern when he entered free agency from the Hornets, that, you know, that ailing knee would come up lame and give him some issues. You wanted to hope for the best, and when he did play, he did a decent job for the Celtics, but when he was injured, and that happened more often than not, um, sadly, you know, he left both him and the Celtics at disadvantage, and guess what? That knee is still an issue. Now, with that being said, we're talking about a guy who, over the last couple of years, 20 points in 2019-2020 on 38% shooting from three on eight attempts a night, along with just under five assists. And then even last season, although we only played 43 games, just under 20 points a game, just under five assists per game, and a 36% from three on eight three-pointers a night. So you're getting somebody who, when he is healthy, is a strong shooter, is going to score the ball, and going to distribute well enough. Defensively issues there as well, but I mean, those are issues for a small guard in general. Um, Kemba's that, and he's a little older. Well, he's just 30, so he's not that old. But still, the same basic rules apply for small guards. My fault, he's 31. So you do have that. Now, I'm not concerned about that, because you're not paying him that crazy amount of money. If you're paying him, like, 25, 30 mil, yeah, I'm a little concerned. Because where's that money going if he's not healthy, right? But in this case, that's, that's not bad. You're getting him somewhere, what, in the area of the mid-level? That is a heck of a deal for the mid-level, right? You have him. Now this team makes a little more sense with Evan Fournier there, you know, even though I'm not the biggest fan of him. He's someone who can now, instead of being a, a second playmaker, he'd be a second-side initiator um, in the starting lineup, but really the third playmaker, you know, outside from Walker and then, of course, Rose. So you have him there. I do like that. Emmanuel quickly still going to get some run. Walker's going to be, he can be that go-to scoring pop that the Knicks have lacked in the postseason, outside Derrick Rose, because we saw Kemba Walker do this with the Charlotte Hornets for years, and he did a decent job with the Celtics, even though, I mean, come on, it was Jason Tatum's team. So I do like that signing for New York. I do like that signing for Walker. He's home. This guy's a New York native, born in the Bronx, went to high school in Rice, New York, New York. I mean, this dude is as real as the water out there. So I'm I'm hyped to see it. Um, A guy over his career, 19 points, 5 assists, 36% from 3 proven leader, I mean, come on, I don't really got to say all the stuff, right, we know this, he's going to be bomb, and I'm excited to see um, him healthy, and get the return of Cardiac Kemba, because, you know, uh, other than Celtics fans having a cardiac arrest when he's not played, okay, not a very good one, I tried it, there hasn't really been a whole lot of that, so good to see that, also, the Wizards got themselves a starting point guard, speaking of point guards, Spencer Dinwiddie finally signed 62 mil over three years with the Washington Wizards, that third year partially guaranteed, but this was not as simple as I just said it. It really became this like super kind of weird, complicated five-team trade, um, breaking down the trade courtesy of The Athletic. The Wizards get Spencer Dinwiddie, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, yep, that's right, the Lakers trade is folded into this, Kyle Kuzma, Aaron Holiday, Montrezl Harrell, and Isaiah Todd, and yes, Holiday and Todd did not come from the Lakers. We'll get to that in a second. Lakers get Russell Westbrook, and the 2023 second-round pick from the Wizards. Fine. Spurs get Chandler Hutchinson and a 2022 second-round pick from the Wizards. The Nets, who are also in this trade, get a second-round pick, second-round pick swap. Of course, in this trade, they traded Spencer Dinwiddie. $11 million in a trade exception and the rights to Nikola, Nikola uh, Militinov, which... 
Don't know if we'll be seeing him. The Pacers, who do they get for their part? Isaiah Jackson. So one more time. Dinwiddie, KCP, Kuzma, Aaron Holiday, Harrell, and Todd to the Wizards. Lakers get Russ in a second-round pick. Spurs get Chandler Hutchinson in a second-round pick. The Nets get a trade exception, um, the rights to a player in a second-round pick, as well as a pick swap. And the Pacers get Isaiah Jackson. Looking at the Wizards side, this is their guy. I mean, he's right in line in terms of age alongside Bradley Beal. So you have someone who's going to be there um, pretty much for the long term here. The age 28 is going to kind of follow almost identically with Bradley Beal in terms of that age marker. You know, reaching their primes, kind of cresting at that level, right? I think he's a great piece for them. He's someone that can shoot well, get to the rim at ease, assuming his knee is fully back from that ACL injury. You know, he's been someone who um, has been a reliable offensive player, you know? A volume guy, so you don't have to worry about that. He's going to fit in right where um, Russell Westbrook left off. Even more efficient, though, even though he's not the most efficient in the world. We are talking about Westbrook. I love Westbrook, but come on, you know? Um, We've seen him fill in for the Nets for both D'Lo and for Kyrie Irving and do a very decent job. He can play on the ball. He can play off the ball. He's someone who can be a primary guy. He's someone who can help set up um, Beal as well. And what I like about this isn't even so much for Spencer Dinwiddie. Don't get me wrong. Spencer Dinwiddie is amazing for all intents and purposes here. But what I really like about this is that the Wizards went from having locked into next year, whatever rookies they had, trying to retain their own free agents, having Russell Westbrook locked up, having um, to convince and keep, still have to do that, but keep Bradley Beal, not having any wings, trying to find backup point guards, not having any flexibility. So now you have a starting point guard. You kind of have a backup point guard. You're able to bring in uh, Raul Neto back, so he's around. You have a small forward in KCP, really shooting guard, but he can play the spot. You have a shooter in Kyle Kuzma, who can also do some scoring. You have Aaron Holiday as well, so he's there. He's the second guard. Montrez Harrell can be your backup center or your starter, depending on how you feel um, about your incumbent bigs already. You have some more flexibility. You get up a lot of money. And you have some more depth. All issues that the Wizards were heading into this offseason. So, great job on Tommy Shepard for being able to not only keep this, the Wizards competitive, but also to address some of their needs in one masterclass of a complicated five-team trade. <laughs> John Collins. John Collins is back with the Hawks. 125 mil over five years. Not going to go super deep into that because my boy Brad Harden has the Hawks covered on his podcast, Hoopball Hawks. But this is what needed to happen. I'm glad he took the offer. He won the max deal, eh, the way he played in the playoffs. I'm glad he didn't get it. There's great value for him. It's good for the Hawks. He has money set up generationally. This is awesome. Uh, for the Hawks, they have their power forward locked down long term. He's someone that's going to only get better, and the Hawks will benefit from his increased development. Uh, now he can be that guy where, you know, you still have Adela Gallinari, you still have Collins to continue to grow in his role, continue to pick up that chemistry alongside um, Trey Young and the rest of the team, maybe grow to be more of an independent offensive engine of his own. You know, maybe less of a, maybe more of an Amari Stoudemire archetype. Not that you could play through Amari in that. We saw him be played through with the Knicks, but being that kind of guy where he doesn't be set up for everything. He's very um, dependent right now on being spoon-fed in terms of lobs and picking pops and everything, but maybe doing a little bit for himself, uh, you get that opportunity. He's a young guy. A lot of potential on a Hawks team that really couldn't afford to lose him, especially after the way he played in the regular season. And I think this worked really well. I think this worked really well, and I'm excited uh, that he has a chance to outperform this contract, and he still gets paid what I think is pretty decent. Uh, both sides walk away happy. That's a win-win. As Justin Matson would say, it's not a trade, but this would be a fun trade, worried trade, but it's not, but it's solid, and I like to have good, solid um, free agent signings, because why not? Nobody wants to lose in those. The players want their money. The teams want performance. Everyone walks away happy. The fans want good basketball. 
Uh, Victor Oladipo, got to talk about him. He, I thought, was going to be kind of languishing on the vine. I thought he was going to ask for more money uh, than he was going to get, and that team wouldn't offer him, and then eventually he would sign the team for like a one-year, make-good, vet-men kind of contract. Well, I was right on the second part. Languishing all of three days? Eh, I was wrong there. But he did sign, again, with the Miami Heat, a one-year deal at the vet-men. I, I like this. Why not? I mean, for Oladipo, he has only played 88 games over the last three years. He's not been efficient when he's played. He hasn't looked entirely healthy when he's played. For the Heat, you have a lot of people right now. You got Kyle Lowry, got Jimmy Butler, got Duncan Robinson, got Tyler Hero, got Bam Adebayo. And I didn't even mention they got the biggest fish in free agency, not named Kawhi, because he's not really there, and that's Kyle Lowry. So you have all those guys. You don't exactly need Oladipo. Oladipo's a luxury to be had that he can afford, so they do. And for Victor to get in shape with that Miami Miami um, Heat training staff, to get that Heat culture for a full offseason or a full season, why not? Get your body right. Get your mind right. Get yourself stronger. Maybe get a chance to showcase that performance with the Heat because if you can play at 100% level, you're definitely going to leapfrog a few people. And Tyler Hero most definitely. Duncan Robinson possibly. Duncan Robinson's still hella valuable. I don't know about Bam, Jimmy, and Kyle, but you get what I mean. You're going to get more of a featured role if you are 100%. I can just wholeheartedly honestly believe that and so if so well now you have the chance to really make yourself some money next offseason you know and you're in an environment that's going to be professional you're in an environment that is dedicated to winning that is dedicated to hard work only going to build your own reputation you've had some bumps here and there you know in indiana a little bit in houston now you get a chance to kind of rehab your value both in the locker room and on the court not trying to say that victor was a malcontent or anything like that i'm just saying like 100 percent this partnership can work both ways for both sides where both come off smell like roses worst case scenario you don't get a chance to play too much yeah you're not getting that big time money next season but you were able to be on a team that has real championship aspirations why not get yourself a ring victor why not it's an opportunity it's a chance to do that i like it i think it's a solid signing for both again just like the spencer dimwitty and the john collins it could work out for both parties well and if it can do that it's a win-win for me all right uh other move here um terrence davis he returned to the Sacramento Kings, remember him with the Raptors, uh, he's alright, shot the ball okay, defense good, he's kind of young, don't have a whole lot there, the Kings have a lot of guards, kind of forward players, forward types players, but when you have someone with that youth, uh, why not take a fly on him, you can retain him on a pretty low value deal, or, or low price deal, the price, it, the money isn't out there just yet, um, but I imagine they didn't break the bank for him, and if not, why not, he's someone that can maybe break in the wing rotation and make some lasting noise there, um, and for basically nothing. Like I said, decent three-point shooter, someone whose defense can grow a little bit better. Uh, and we'll see how he matches alongside, you know, the rest of the guards they have. Between De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, and Davion Mitchell, you might be able to see some fi- fun lineups with Terrence Davis included. So definitely like that one as well. I've liked everything so far. I've liked everything. I've been very, very, um, very, very good with it. Let's do some small ones. Raul Neto, I already told you he returned to the Wizards. That's great. One-year deal. He had a great season last year. Um, knocked down threes really well. Had a really... um decent year as far as a, a ball handler and distributor definitely like seeing that he's someone who kind of played almost small forward at times he fills a need he does it well he's a pro's pro and i'm glad he's able to come back to washington where he had the most success and we'll see if maybe he can have another good year and parlay that into some more long-term money tony bradley signed with the bulls two years at the minimum nice shooter just 23 gives chicago some big man depth I like all the moves Chicago's made right now they, they've nailed the big ones uh depending on how you feel about the demarzen uh, demarzen wow demarzen DeRozan, depending on how you feel about the DeRozan signing, 
the Bulls have swung everything out the park, in my opinion. And I like DeRozan, so they've hit that as well. Tony Bradley, at the minimum, that's some talent to be had and some development as well on a very cheap price, so why the heck not? Speaking of why the heck not, Ennis Cantor re-signed with the Boston Celtics. Yes, he has returned. The low-post rebounding monster double-double backing up Al Horford like it's 2019. 2018. Anyways, doesn't matter. He's back. Brad Stevens, a loyal guy. You realize that because he likes to go with what he knows. Al Horford first, Ennis Cantor second, but boom. He does have some great value. He's played in the right matchups. Um... You can imagine Emo Udoka is not going to put him out there to dry and have him be like the, the anchor of a defense because then you don't have defense in there, right? But Ennis Cantor has some real value on the court. You know what he can do as far as scoring. You know his low post ability. You know what he brings you as far as rebounding. You know he's productive in good minutes. And you know if he's surrounded by good defensive talent, he can look pretty decent. So for a Boston team that needed a lot of help last year, the more talent, the merrier. I don't see this as a bad setting at all. I like it. Sabin Lee. Don't really remember a whole lot for Saban Lee. I'm not going to lie and say that I do. I know he's a decent point guard. Uh, you know, he has played a little bit from what I saw for Detroit last year. He became a stricter free agent. Right now he's on a three-year deal. I'd imagine it's on a minimum with maybe some team control in the last year. So that's great. Uh, you know, Detroit already has enough playmaking to worry about and, and guards with between uh, Killing Hayes and... Do they have Corey Joseph again? I think they do. And... Um, of course, Cade Cunningham, so uh, he probably won't get much time, but the fact that he's on there, on a contract, being able to grow with the Pistons and, and find his way, again, I'm all for it, so, like, sign me up, like, that's a win-win. Basically, I like everything that happened in terms of free agency over the last couple of days. Um, I'm happy to report that to you. Nothing I find wrong. All right, news. News, news, news. According to Chris Haynes, expect Damian Lillard to give this Blazers roster a shot the Blazers are not done making news. This is what Chris Haynes and Vincent Goodwill uh, shared on the latest episode of Posted Up with Chris Haynes. I'm going to read this, and I quote, I expect Damian Lillard to go and play for the Portland Trailblazers. I expect him to try out this roster. I believe he wants to give Chauncey Billups a chance, and I think he's going to go there, give the roster a shot, and Portland's probably still not done. You know, I'm hearing Paul Millsap, a guy they're looking at. I'm hearing Kelly Oubre, who's still in the market, a guy they're looking at. Uh, Corbin, no, no longer. Uber is officially with the Hornets. Back to the paragraph quoting. So they're not done. But I expect him to go out there next season, play, see how things materialize, and go from there. So far, as of right now, there hasn't been anything done by the Trailblazers that so-called moves the needle. I mean, you look at Zach Levine. This guy, he doesn't say much other than that he wants to respect and he wants to be paid well. And then what happens? Boom. You got Lonzo Ball. Boom. You got DeMar DeRozan. And I know it's not apples to apples, same situation, but these teams are making moves out here. And then you have Damian Lillard who's been as public as he's ever been in stating his dissatisfaction with the way things are going with the team and roster construction. And then you brought on these players, who I'm not saying, you know, Norman Powell, they had to re-sign. Five years, they had to. You couldn't let them go. But outside of that, there wasn't much done that I think moves the needle. And you brought that New York angle, you know, from all accounts of what we're hearing, definitely the Knicks have an eye on Damian Lillard, so we'll see what happens from there. End quote. Now, I agree. I, 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 I look at this roster, and I don't find myself looking at this and going, you know what, this is just what Damian Lillard said. He, like, pointedly called out the fact that you can't just change the team and expect, or, sorry, you can't just change the coach and expect for things to get better. When you lost to a a team that was missing two of their top three players. He was very clear about that. And yet, here we are, 
with just some minor moves. I mean, nothing, nothing super crazy at all. Um, I, 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 Cody Zeller, Tony Snell, Ben McLemore, decent. Again, if this was a team that was like, let's say they'd won the first round, you know, and they lost in seven games in the second round, then you're filling around the edges. Then you bring in a guy in Cody Zeller who, you know, is really good in the pick and roll, uh, stretched out a little bit, can kind of shoot the three there. Tony Snell, one of the best three point shooters percentage wise in the NBA over the last couple of years. Ben McLemore, someone who has a reputation for being a shooter, um, even if the production hasn't quite lived up in terms of accuracy in the clip, but he's going to get it up there and he's going to shoot the ball. If you had said that the Blazers had made it that far in the playoffs and then made these moves to kind of shore up some pieces, I would have been like, absolutely, 100%, let's do it. But this is a team that has a lot more to fix. The problem is they're kind of stuck where they are in terms of, are you moving CJ McCollum? Well, so far, the Blazers have been reticent to do that. So if you're not moving him, you're not going to get um, equal quality back in terms of a star. You're not moving Dame because you're trying to convince Dame to stay. So that's not happening. Robert Covington can only get you so much. Dito uh, for Yusef Nurkic, you don't have a lot of trade assets. And the one trade asset that you really have, you aren't eager to move. So the only thing they could do is make moves around the margins. But I'm just trying to say is that maybe if you're Neil O'Shea, you have to make the big move. Maybe you do have to bite the bullet if you want to keep your star guy. Because I can tell you right now, this roster right now is currently constructed. Like losing Melo, bringing in these guys, re-signing Norman Powell for that five years, basically $18 million a year. Yes, that had to be done. I understand that. Yes, that will keep the Blazers competitive in the in the regular season. I understand that. But if injuries happen, guess what? We're looking at a reheated version of last year's Blazers. When the playoffs come, guess what? We're looking at a rehashed, reheated version of last year's Blazers. That's what I think right now. And I'm not trying to be overly pessimistic, but do you look at that team and expect a championship contender? Do you look at that team and see a Western Conference finalist? Do you look at the team making the second round, depending on who the matchup in the first round is, the sixth through eighth seed? No, I don't. And if not, then what are we doing? Because Dame asked for, you know, clear help. And like Chris Haynes said, you know, Zach Levine made known the fact that he wanted the Bulls to get some more help around him. And that Bulls front office, credit to them where credit is due. They acted fast, they made the moves, and they got the talent today. Now we have to see how it all meshes together. But you can't look at that Bulls team that added Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan, the GOAT, Alex Caruso, around both Levine and, of course, um, Nikola Vucevic and say that they didn't get better. They definitely did. How much better remains to be seen. But the talent upgrade is there. It's tangible. It, it, it's on paper, but it's there. Whereas right now, if you look at the Blazers, I mean, if we're talking about wins for sneaky good signings, then yeah, I guess the Blazers win that. But you don't need sneaky when you're an underachieving team. You don't need sneaky when you're treading water. You need the big move that's going to either catapult you to the upper echelon of the, the Western Conference or sink you because that's where you're going. To just tread water is fine. There's nothing wrong with that unless your star player doesn't like that. And guess what? Yeah. So that's my thoughts on that. I mean, it's news in terms of him going to give it a chance. I'm glad. I definitely am glad that maybe not glad specifically that Chauncey's getting a chance. I could care less, really. But I am glad that a coach is going to get, you know, 100% out of his um, players. Unlike Steven Silas last year, with James Harden, who had just checked out and never really gave Silas a fair shot or a time of day with him 100%. To at least give that man a chance as a coach, I think, is, is you know, the height of professionalism for Dame. I do give him credit for that. I think he's going to give it the old college try. If it doesn't work, say la vie. Wash your hands, move on. No big deal. If it does, great. And I think there's something to be said for that. So definitely happy for that news on that front. We'll see how it all shakes out. But, uh, do I expect him to request a trade sooner or later? Yeah, I, I don't see this this uh, being a thing. Alfred Payton. Alfred Payton reportedly 
report to Keith Smith. Keith Smith NBA, really good on the salary cap, really just all around these just good guy. Check him out. He does good stuff. Good does good stuff. Um on Twitter at Keith Smith NBA, he reported the Phoenix Suns had great success getting Cameron Payne back on track. Per a source, the Suns are hoping to run that back by signing Alfred Payton to a one-year vet minimum contract. Now, that's great. You know, Knicks fans rejoiced because they were not happy with the way Alfred Payton played with them. Uh, Suns fans, if you remember, weren't super happy with the way that um, he played with them. I mean, he came in and knocked down some triple doubles, and that was all well and good and dandy. But he also finished shooting, what, 20% from three? Yeah, he averaged 11 points, 5 rebounds, 6 assists, not bad, 43% from the field, 20% from 3. Um, In his son's uh, stint, which was 19 games after being traded midseason from Orlando, he shot 91 of 209 and 5 of 25 from 3, including 37 of 54 from the free throw line, which is good for 68%. He did not shoot the ball very well. Has he gotten better since he left Phoenix? Not really. If anything, his shooting numbers have slumped. Um, He was 31% on higher volume with the Pelicans the year after in 2018-2019. That slipped all the way down to 20% again um, for the Knicks, where he shot 14-69. And then 28% last year, we shot 28-98. He's not a good three-point shooter. Uh, Look at his field goal percentage. He's not a good shooter. Look at his free throw percentage. It went from the 68, had a nice blip of 74%. Um, on limited volume with the Pelicans, and then 57, and then 68. He's just not a good shooter. He has value as someone who can, um, you know, push the ball up the floor. Somebody who has a, a weird knack for grabbing triple doubles, has 17 of them. Uh, someone who can distribute the ball. But I think he's good for where he is a third-string point guard. He's only 26. Maybe he re- will rehab some value. Um, and maybe the Sun can si- strike twice? No? Lightning strike twice? The Sun? No. 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 Okay. News, uh, we're talking about Kelly Oubre, uh, just to give some more information as this is kind of unfolding as I am recording, uh, it is not a sign and trade for the Warriors, that would require a three-year contract, so um, Oubre is in Charlotte with a two-year, $26 million deal with the Charlotte Hornets, where is he going to get the minutes? That's my one question. I like the Hornets. They 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 are a nice young team. Um, him playing there is great, but they have Bridges. Miles Bridges, they have McDaniels, they have PJ, they have Hayward, they got a logjam at the 3 and 4, unless they're going to sign one of the guys to the 5, we saw the PJ Washington, the 5 experiment, and it wasn't very good, it was a Dr. Frankenstein of no way, sorry, didn't work out too well, Miles Bridges isn't going to fill that hole, you want Gordon Hayward on the floor in general, so I don't think you want to put him in a spot where he's taking too much banging. Not that I think he could play a five, but I mean he's kind of a four. But I really, I'd rather just have him wherever he can take the least amount of physical pounding because you want to keep that man on the floor, uh, especially with the contract that he's on as he ages. That's just what I'm looking at. I don't see you wanting to put that in any kind of uh, danger. Uh, Jalen McDaniel's is solid, but again, you have a lot of guys. I, I don't understand that. Scotty Lewis, I mean, Caleb Martin, um, maybe he's more of a shooting guard, but he can do the same thing, and then even at the guard spot, you have Rozier, you have Book Knight, you have um, Ish Smith now, I mean, I, I don't know, I, I guess it's cool, I like, I like um, Kelly Oubre, I love his potential, young dude, a lot of energy, good 3 and D wing in theory, a lot of athleticism, but I just don't understand the fit here, 
maybe I'm wrong and they, you know, the Hornets have a master plan that I don't know about, but well, I don't know about it. So that's where I'm at for that right now. It, it's interesting. I, I just, yeah, that's a lot. But I mean, what? Potentially, I mean, you could have LaMelo, Hayward, Oubre, Bridges, uh, and Biombo out there. That's that's not super bad, you know? Mix and match a little bit. I like it. All right, um, trying to think of some more news here. Not a whole lot else. Uh, ben Simmons, we already know, is hoping uh, to be traded, hopefully to the Warriors. Apparently, um, apparently, according to um, at Jay Dumas reports, Hopefully not the Raptors or Blazers, so, okay, I, I don't know. Uh, according to Dumas, uh, Jay Dumas reports on Twitter, uh, quote, he, Simmons, is reading the tea leaves like everyone else. He sees Toronto, he sees Portland. Just to be frank, the young socialite he is, he's not really trying to go to any of those situations. He's open to California teams is what I've been told. Man, nobody cares what you want, bro. Philadelphia's trying to run you out of town and get a King's Ransom while they do it. Other teams are just trying to get equal value. You got the fans slandering you. You're better than the fans. are trying to drag you down, but you're worse than most people think you are. I don't know. Come on, man. Ugh, whatever. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm not even really perturbed about Ben Simmons right there. I'll, I'll let you know what I'm really perturbed about. And it's not even NBA news, but I'm just going to share it. Um, I'm a Jeopardy fan. I'm a LeVar Burton fan. I love LeVar Burton. Reading Rainbow, Star Trek The Next Generation. Uh, you put him in something Roots. Roots was my first... It was harrowing stuff, but love LeVar Burton. I thought that he did not get a fair shake in Jeopardy. Okay? He only had one week, where every other guest host had two weeks. And it was during the Olympics, so it's not like we were even giving him our full attention. Yes, he was nervous over the first couple of episodes, but I thought he really had stride late. And now, news is coming out. We are not even a week and a half past... LeVar Burton being out, where apparently Jeopardy has a long-term arrangement right now with their producer to move forward with him as a long-time host, and I'm just triggered, y'all. I'm just triggered. I'm sorry. I tried to wait like 29-odd minutes, almost a half an hour, without showing my true disgust, but I just don't think they gave LeVar Burton a fair shot, and that annoys me. That's my ramble right now. That's my That's my rant. Why not? He was built for this. Yes, other people had great performances as well. I liked Aaron Rodgers there, but guess what? He has a team to coach. I liked others that that guest hosted. I didn't like others. What did Dr. Oz, who is not exactly known as the bastion of truth, representing one of the most cleanest trivia games out there? I just didn't get it. But LeVar Burton, come on. Come on. Uh, It bothers me. Anyways, check out uh, his podcast, LeVar Burton Reads. Definitely a must listen. It's one way to get your reading in. You know, they say try to read 20 minutes a day. I work at a library, so I definitely do that, but to have him pick out hand-selected pieces of short uh, fiction that he finds interesting in just the classic LeVar Burton voice, it is very enjoyable. I highly recommend it. LeVar Burton reads. Not even a sponsor, just a recommendation. Um, I'm about as irked as uh, Dennis Schroeder is right now, because he had a chance to make $84 million, make money to set himself up and his family up for life, for life, for life, for life, and he turned it down. He turned it down. And now... We don't know what, where he's going to go. He, he didn't have that great a year with the Lakers. He had a nice stretch when um, LeBron and AD were out. But if you look back, it wasn't that great. you know. And right now, he's stuck between either what, a sign-in trade, possibly, if the Lakers didn't want to do that, a, a mid-level deal, which would be a fraction of what he wanted. Um, or maybe he returns 
with the Lakers and, and, and either gets, it's going to be way smaller now, obviously. He either gets like a team-friendly deal where he can get traded um, at the deadline or, you know, he becomes the backup for Westbrook like it's OKC again, which is possible. I just don't know, again, even then when he'd find playing time when the Lakers have already filled around him with the re-signing of um, Taylor Horn Tucker with Kendrick Nunn, with Malik Beasley, Kent Bazemore, Wayne Ellington, and of course, Russell Westbrook. I mean, I don't know. And the tax bill that would happen with that would just push the Lakers up, up, and away. And they've already been trying to be a little, you know, rather reticent with the tax because that's why Alex Caruso is probably no longer part of the team. So I just don't know what's going to happen for Dennis Schroeder. It's, it's kind of sad. I mean, he's 27. Just a year ago was a runner-up for sixth man of the year. You know, uh, he is a average shooter can get to the rim, has some offensive punch. I think you could do worse as a backup point guard. The problem is when you have an outsized idea or ideology of your value and, and what you are, yes, it's good to have a healthy self-confidence, but it's also good to keep that in check. And I don't think Dennis Schroeder did that. I'm sorry, I don't think he didn't do that. And that's why he's where he's at now. It's unfortunate, but it happened. So now... You know, we wish him the best of luck. Uh, dude's still got money. I'm not saying the dude's broke by any means. He's still going to be set. But I'm just saying in terms of what he could have had, you know? Like, what I could have had. LeVar Burton as host of Jeopardy, so I can enjoy my weekday evenings at 7.30. Anyways, that's going to do it for this episode of Round Ball Ramble. I'm sorry that my Jeopardy rant had to come in. But y'all part of the fam for me. We just talking. Y'all my buddies. Y'all my friends. Ladies and gentlemen, we were all in this together. And so I thought I needed to share that with y'all. Definitely make sure to follow me on Twitter at CorbinNBA. Definitely make sure to check out HoopBall on Twitter at HoopBallTweets, online, hoop-ball.com. Please do. Next week, I will be at Summer League, so I'm going to try to have some content out for y'all, or I will take a mini vacation. I will run it by the powers that be, and we will see what is to happen. But until next time, y'all, I am Frosty. Y'all, stay frosty, and I'll talk to y'all real soon. Bye, This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.